0: Pickaxe. and welcome to another episode of Video Game Movie Podcast with myself Rory Jocelyn from Cyberpunk Studios and joining me today, as per usual, is my good friend Jamie Evans from Impala Films. Say hello, Jamie. Hello. Happy Easter. It won't be Easter when you hear this, but it's Easter when we're recording it. Indeed. uh, You are currently stuffing your face mit egg uh, which... Allow me to provide the audience with some ASMR. Oh, don't do... I've got to listen to that when I edit, man. Can I, I ask you something? Yes. It might be that we're old folks. I don't get the appeal of ASMR. I've never understood. It's it It's horrible either. to listen to. Actually, yeah. I mean, I ha- to be fair, I do have a reaction to ASMR. It makes me angry. Oh, it actually makes me that. violently angry. I can see that because it doesn't. It doesn't make me violent, but I do get. When I say funny, I don't hit people around me when I hear ASMR, but it makes like it 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 gets my hackles up immediately, and it's always been that way. Before it was even even had even heard the term ASMR, there was an advert for Skittles on the TV, and right at the end, it had that woman whispering, "Going taste the rainbow." and whenever she did that I was like I want to fucking kill her it was like it was really bad this is going to be played at my trial uh, but the, <laughs> it's literally it, it immediately got my hackles up and made me that angry that I was just like I want to kill something it disgusted me uh, so I can't listen to ASMR it literally makes me angry mm. and I don't know why that is because there's other people they're going I listen to ASMR it helps me get to sleep and I'm like what? what is you like what is wrong with you that yeah. you can sleep to that bullshit but maybe Skittles that's just have, me Skittles have some really creative adverts yes i, I like the one admit. where that yeah that poor fucker who everything you touched turned to skittles. when he's like do you know what life's like when you can't hold your newborn baby in, in your, your arms? arms?" yeah you know about it the got band quite s- dark didn't it, it was- you know about the band skill advert don't you no um i'm trying to remember exactly what happens in it but it basically is a very suggestive sex scene and then the guy ejaculates skittles all over the girl oh. and she's like yes yes and it's like taste of the rainbow oh no <laughs> they've got a new one and we'll move on from skittles shortly after this guys. Uh, but the, they've got a new one for uh, skittles which i saw the other day which just made me want to be violently sick in my mouth uh where they they've got those new soft chewy yeah, fuck ones. you. What's yeah. the point of the the shells? The best bit. Yeah, exactly. But so they've got the the soft, chewy ones. But that, what they've done for the advert is they've like filmed those in close up, doing loads of movements. But while they've done that, they've um, superimposed one of those baby face like. You know, like the Facebook <laughs> app has those things where they distort your face. Mm. So you've got big eyes, big mouth, but no nose or anything. Oh, They've done that over oh. it with its tongue coming out of the tongue. Ah, like, oh, it's so wild and rad. And I'm like, this sucks. This sucks. So, I mean, just go back to the man who kills his own baby. That's that. I'm happy with that one. Yeah. Killing babies is fine, but not whispering. Dead uh, baby. Dead baby. There's no funnier joke than killing a baby. There's. <laughs> We're in trouble, Jamie. We're going to be in trouble for this. Um, This is... Especially because you realise that your window's open and we've just sunk dead babies and there's now a guy looking in at us. (laughs) He just heard us sing the words dead babies. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, well. He's just hanging around there, though. Oh, he's having a cigarette. How dare he? that could kill me or some babies well he's actually the number one power stone fan in the world he's actually our guest star welcome Jiminy (laughs) billy bob Jiminy smokey boy yeah i mean imagine if he was just a massive video game movie podcast fan and he's literally sitting there going i want to hear them record that'd be cool it would also be creepy because the only people who know we're recording today is you and me so how did he find out (laughs) Oh I posted it on Facebook. Okay good, good. Mm. I like that everyone knows where I am at. Full all adr- times. full address, postcode, everything. Well that means they know you're not home. Yeah, but they don't know my address. Oh I, I put that on my address. <laughs> I posted that on my website for for do. Everyone to see. do, 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 do. <laughs> Um, so Power Stone before okay we're going to be I'm going to be open and and brazen about this from the off Power Stone as a series uh, we've got I can talk about quite a bit as far as some of the story we've seen is concerned Um, Jamie you watched the first six episodes did you watch the final episode Uh, kind of so I watched it last night after you left my house Mm. uh, and fell asleep I got the only hour of sleep that I got, but I did get to see, which we'll get to, I did get to see the fantastic power of love moment. Yes. So I've seen the first seven episodes and then episodes 24, 25, and 26. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Exactly. There was only one season of 26 episodes, so... That shit got cancelled. It got cancelled hard. Um, Now... I, in order to help pad this episode, because I'll be honest, it's not the most interesting show in the universe, and that's, just bear in mind, me and Jamie are both fans of Power Stone as a series. Mm, Jamie is obviously a big Capcom fan, he's also a big fan of Resident Evil, as has been made well, clear on the series. I'm not series. a big Capcom fan, I just like Resident Evil. But you know... I know, like you know Devil May Cry, which is Capcom as well. Yeah, and Mega Man. No, I've never played Mega Man, ever. Ah, oh, neither have I. I've literally never played, and, I, right. and I cannot stand Street Fighter. Oh, okay. Well, I've, uh, yeah, I'm not pa- very good at Street Fighter pa- either. Controversial opinion, Power Stone is a better fighting game than Street Fighter. Uh, you'll only get agreements from me. We'll probably get disagreements from people online, but absolutely agree with you on He's that. From outside, you hear someone yell, Hadouken! And then a fireball crashes through your window and burns us to death. <laughs> Tiger, uppercut! <laughs> uh, th- th- to be fair, though, there is more quotable lines from Street Fighter than there are from Power Stone. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, Power Stone doesn't have you have a fight with a Honda Civic. No, that's true. You never fight a Honda Civic, um, though. That's I always found that weird in uh, Street Fighter because you, if you're E Honda, and you fight a Honda Civic, is that are you are you killing your brother? Yes. That's, I was going to say pesticide. What's it called? No, not infanticide. Infanticide is when you kill your children. Yeah. What that's is it when you it kill is. your brother? Or is that just murder? They don't give no name? Uh, killing your brother is Simplicant. fratricide, I fratricide. believe. Right. And then sisters is sororicide. Yeah. uh, Fathers is patricide and mothers is matricide. Why does Jamie know all this? You ask (laughs) better not to ask. (laughs) These are all the things that are on my rap sheet with the police. (laughs) No, I I have a bit of a, uh, I have a bit of an interest in true crime and stuff like that. I mean, that's why you wrote haunted and things like that. You have, you know, even though it's not necessarily about true crime in totality, there's elements of it that you use. I understand that. Um, so uh, so to begin, let's discuss how we both first came across Power Stone. Did you want to start on that, Jamie? How did mm. you first come across the series itself? Back in, back in the day, uh, it would have been like 2000, 2001 kind of time. Mm. Around the time that I had a Sega Dreamcast. Uh, we used to have a uh, a second-hand gaming shop in mansfield in jolly old mansfield where i'm from We had a second-hand gaming shop called game jam Ooh. um so this is like bef- sonic jam sonic jam yeah why not <laughs> <laughs> so this is obviously before cex existed yes uh back then you had game game station yep and game jam and okay. game jam was obviously like a proper indie one like a family owned business yeah i was gonna say there was no game jam down here though we did obviously have game yeah. uh, or electronics boutique as it was called before that and game oh. station and funnily enough i can rank the order of which i liked those shops uh, game jam was the best uh, often had the best prices uh and the best quality discs game station was second best Mm -hmm. game was garbage and i never went in it and it still is really overpriced anyway uh my best story about game jam is going in there uh i would have been 12 maybe so my sister would have been 10 my brother was 8 and the way the store was arranged was there was games all around the perimeter Mm -hmm. on shelves and then there was a great big shelving unit that ran the whole middle of the store so you couldn't see what was in the back corner until you literally went right. round okay. so we go in there and dreamcast games are all kept at the back right oh, so me jody and john go running for him and jody's ahead of us <laughs> and jody rounds the corner and i just hear her scream right <laughs> So, run round, and they had got a life-size, so we're talking eight feet tall, cardboard cutout of the Nemesis from Resident Evil 3. Um, And I was like, mummy, mummy, buy it for me. And then she was like, no, because your brother will have nightmares. And second of all, it was like 60 quid for a cardboard cutout. Yeah, no, it was insane what they would ask for. But anyway, so we used to go into this store, and we would literally just have a look at what games they had. I wasn't although I'd been a gamer, I wasn't at a point in my life where I was up to date with gaming news. I didn't read gaming magazines. I didn't do gaming websites. In fact I think we might even have not had a PC at this point. So I never knew like um what games were coming out or anything. Just you'd go to the store one day and be like, oh there's a new Resident Evil or oh there's a new Sonic the Hedgehog. Anyway, so we'd been told we could get one game from the pre-owned section. And um, we went to the Dreamcast section, we were looking around, and I, to be honest, I can't even say why Power Stone caught my eye. Um, I do know I didn't realise it was a fighting game at first. Right. Because I remember actually being a little disappointed when I first put Looks it on. Looks a bit like an adventure title, doesn't it? It did, yeah. I, I was expecting like a, a, an adventure action RPG type thing, maybe. Um, but got the game, got it home, put it on on my Dreamcast, uh, and luckily... Because I don't usually like fighting games, but luckily, um, Power Stone is accessible enough. I find for people who aren't hardcore fighting game gamers. Yeah, it's a little, it's a bit like Smash Brothers in that it's a little bit more. Um, I suppose some might say button bashy, but yeah. you can essentially make combos a lot more simpler yeah. by hitting the right button combination. Whereas with something like Street Fighter. You got all the bullshit of half turn, circle right to, yeah. and it's like it, it's, it becomes like a fucking military operation yeah. and, just to try and activate a Hadouken. And I like the I like the mechanic of uh, you can collect the three power stones during the match, and if you get all three, you get to upgrade to a bigger form. Yes, and uh, least special attacks. I like the fact that the stages had hazards in them and weapons that you could pick up. You know, you'd be. I remember one stage that's got all these wooden columns, and you can just pick the wooden columns up and smash each other with them. Nice. Uh, There's something about very, very satisfying, and it's got quite a colourful cast of fighters as well. Yep. Um, No, no prizes for guessing who my early teenage. It's very clearly Wang Tang, wasn't it? No, because his name was Wang. (laughs) No, that never even occurred to me. I used to play as Rouge a lot. Yeah, same. That was always my one. Rouge and Jack, because obviously I was starting to get into horror at that point, and Jack's creepy as shit. Yes. At least he was in the games, not in the anime. Valgas was cool as well, though. Yeah, you, you, couldn't you can unlock anyway. Valgas, can't you? No. I'm sure you can. No, I'm pretty certain Valgas was only unlockable in... two. too. No. No, so uh, there's a character called Kraken and, a char- and Valgus. They were both only playable in Powerstone Collection on the PSP. Really? Because mm. I, I have memories of playing as Kraken. You must have had it on PSP. Itself. I never owned a PSP. Okay, my memories of Mandela Effect. I'll be honest, I took that information online. Because um, I don't recall. I do own both Power games. games. Um, so with me, it was actually a game my brother bought. And we ended up playing, and it was, you know, fun enough. I preferred the second one. Um, and the reason I prefer the second one is you could have four player. Yeah. And... For me, big multiplayer gaming off N64 going into game, into Dreamcast, sorry, four player like multiplayer was the best yeah. GameCube as well. Uh, that's unfortunately died as an art form really in most modern games. Uh, but Mate, honestly, I remember it was a bit mine, The last console I got was a 360. <laughs> I'm just going to make editing. I'm going to make editing a lot easier for you real quick. Mm. I'm just going to tell the audience now, Rory and I are both actually very sick yes. at the minute. <laughs> and oh. poor Rory is... You can probably hear that I'm really snotty, so I apologise for sniffling. Uh, and poor Rory, I think he might... I think his esophagus is currently trying to invert itself because uh, he's coughing so much. So... uh I just we need to clear my face. We may have to stop the podcast while I... Poke his esophagus back down oh, his mate, throat. If I can have one of those things where you just hold a button and you talk like this, that would be so much easier. Yeah. Um. In life, in general, no, I wouldn't. Um. But yeah, I'd, no, mul- I'd hate that. Talking about multiplayer gaming, I noticed when I got a three sixty. Yeah. I used to get so annoyed because, and yes, okay, this is partly Jamie's fault as well for not, um, not checking correctly. But I would, um. I would buy games that said they had co-op on them. Yes. I'd run home and be like, to my brother or sister, all right, let's co-op. Let's co-op Dead Space 3 or whatever. Uh, and then only to realise it's online-only co-op. Yeah. And yeah. it's like where is, and it's one thing I did like Capcom for. Capcom kept split-screen co-op in their Resident Evil games that you yeah. can play locally. Yeah. Yeah, it's, and for some reason, local multiplayer just seems to have died a death in well, most games. Well, you know games. why, though, don't you? Money because if mm. we do it local, let's say I have a game and you come to play it locally, mm. we've only got one copy of the game and we're both playing it. Yeah, but yeah. If we, if we have to play online, you've got to go buy a copy of the game as well. Yeah. They've doubled their sales. Having said that, though, I find a lot of people will end up not buying it because oh, yeah. it's like, well, I just won't play it then. The problem Rather is than enough than enough if they would will. have come around and gone, I'll buy that game. Yeah, uh, I play it with my friend. Oh my god, I really like this game. I'll buy my own copy mm. so I can get good at it and play the game. Unfortunately, player. there's enough rich idiots who will though. That's what. Wh- that's why, why it why... exists. It's why um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, cosmetic DLC yeah. still sells. Ninety percent of the gaming audience agrees that it's fucking stupid and it's Most a waste people of money. Don't buy it, but there's the people who do? But buy there's it. enough that do, mm. and it's the same with games as a service. And unfortunately, well, they've been caught calling them whales. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, so essentially um, things like loot boxes and DLC, all that sort of stuff, in the industry that you can actually find footage of people in gaming conferences and they're going, what you're looking for, you know, you put this out, 90% of people won't buy it. The sort of people you're looking for are like the 10% of people who we call whales who will literally spend all their money on your game
1: and it okay. doesn't matter where that
0: money comes from so long as you're getting it and it's like but those people are normally people who are like gambling addicts things like that and this this is why there's controversy because yeah. loot boxes are gambling pay to win is gambling yep. and you've also got they prey on two kinds of people they prey on gambling addicts and uh the one that's causing the big controversy in America especially is um children because parents buy these games for the children the games don't actually have enough checks in place to stop children just paying for shit yes so children i mean you hear don't you i think consoles we, have gotten better for that but it is still yeah i you yeah, have t- to the parents have to put it in place i remember the early days on a game i don't know what game it was it might have been something like candy crush or something but it was a game that was popular with children at the time. Yeah. And you heard loads of news stories about children who'd got their mum's credit card or dad's credit card, yeah. pop the details in, and run up bills of in hundreds, the thousands. thousands. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Insanity. It's um, predatory, is what it is. Yes, it is predatory. It and is. it's, it's. you know, we were actually looking earlier at some, again, we're going to sound like old men, but this is true. Yeah, it was better in my day. Um just before we started recording we were looking at some old Sega content Yes, uh, that Sega released and we were just marvelling at how much bonus content they just included for free on the desk. So, so I'll explain what that is. It's Sonic Jam on the Sega Saturn. Um, it's still to me the best compilation that Sega have ever put out and it's not the compilation with the most games, far from it. Um, you know, Sonic Gems Collection Plus, probably. Uh, Mega Collection Plus. Mega Collection Plus, but also Sonic Gems Collection had some rarities in there. That had rarities, yeah. yeah. but Which yeah, Sonic, Ge- Sonic Mega Collection Plus probably has had the most. Um, Which, to be fair, I, I will give it, that's a good compilation as well. It is indeed. Like, the fact uh, it had the ooze and comic zone on it as well. Yeah, yeah, and it also had... Um, I believe Sonic Maker Collection Plus was the one that had the Game Gear games, or was that Gems? Uh, both, both both have had some Game some Gear games. games. Yeah, so you got a little bit more bonus content than just the Mega Drive titles to begin with as well, on top of that. So, as so far as games are concerned, yeah, Sonic Jam is not necessarily the best compilation. However, bear in mind it came out in 1996. It was on the Sega Saturn. They couldn't emulate, because emulators for the Sega Saturn emulating a mega drive it had two meg of ram it was never going to happen so what it did instead was that they ported the games uh, over to the saturn so the games are ported which meant sonic one had things like the spin dash which didn't come out late until the christian whitehead ones oh the esophagus just came out No, it did you want a glass of water or something? <coughs> yeah i might do that Let's... so just to talk while we wait for rory uh, mega collection plus also had a really cool bit of content in it where it had um, it had a really good extensive art gallery that had issues of the Sonic Archie comics in it. So there's another interesting little tidbit. While we wait for Rory, who is back now, I said glass of water. <laughs> That's oh Ribena. oh it's Ribena. I thought it was Coke. <laughs> I'd like to have some Coke, but unfortunately my nose is blocked. I don't think I could get any of it up there. Uh, well, I've got some. The drink. <laughs> <laughs> i'm um, out now that's my last one were you talking about mega collection yeah i was just pointing out cool. that it has issues of archie comics in it yeah that's cool um yeah so sonic jam 1996 uh, remade uh, sorry ported the games and added new features to them but also it had uh, an early beta of the sonic adventure engine uh, running a, a section called sonic world which was a nice 3d world you could run around in why would you put that into a rom collection well, there you go. They put the extra in. You go on there, they've got um, different rooms you can go in that show you different pieces of information. You had rare um, promo, promo artwork. You had a sound gallery. You had a history gallery, which taught you, and had photos of stuff like the Sonic F1 racing team, the Sonic uh, blimp that went over Bristol. I was I actually was there when they did that. Um, I think it went through New York and... Burst and called a blackout in New York, but... Uh, mm, I heard about that. Yeah, so... But that that particular um, Sonic blimp came. Like, is in there and, like, all sorts of... sort of. I, didn't, I didn't know it came to Britain, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw it in Bristol when I was a kid. When was that? What was that, marketing? Sonic 2? That was prob- must have been about Sonic 2 or Sonic 3. It would have been mm. between 92 and 94. Um, I can't remember exactly because I was a kid. Um, so, yeah, there was... So there was that. There was also but um, the, the main part, the part that I love, and you've heard referenced a little bit in the show prior, if you've listened to VGMP for a little while, is there's a video section. And in the video section, you have um, like rare animations, which include at the time hard to find Sonic CD intro and outros, but in higher quality than the Sega CD game. Nowadays, you can get those in higher resolution by playing it on the Xbox g or PS3 versions, etc. So there is a higher resolution available now, uh, but at the time, the Saturn was the highest resolution way of viewing those. But it also had the Japanese trailer for Sonic OVA, which was, uh, as I say, the game came out in 96. It wasn't translated till 1999. Uh, so it was the earliest that anyone in the West got to see anything of the Sonic OVA movie. And it included some stuff from 3D and VR rides, and it also included adverts from the television of Sega games, including Game Gear games and Mega Drive games. Uh, and part of that is where you've heard things where I've put in the Sonic the Hedgehog! The action game Sonic the Hedgehog Mega Drive, which is from the first Sonic advertisement in Japan for Sonic 1. Uh, so... They don't put in extras like that anymore. And the other thing they do with modern games is that they reduce the quality of gameplay to make it more tedious. Mm. So you're more likely to put the money in to advance via finance rather than advance via skill. Because why would they want you to advance via skill if they can make you pay for it? Yeah, they'll put stuff in where it's like, oh, you can't do anything in this game till you're level fifty. And guess Skip what? Skip the grind. They call it. It takes two hundred. You can always remove the grind. But of course they're not going to remove the grain because they want you to pay to skip the grain. Because course they want that sweet, sweet cash. But that's why games are worse now. Anyway, so Power Stone. Power Stone. Power Stone. A rare piece of information about Power Stone. There's only ever been three releases. Power Stone 1 on the Dreamcast, Power Stone 2 on the Dreamcast, which in Japan included online play, up to four players, um, but was not in the Western version. And then Power Stone Collection on the play, uh, PlayStation Portable. Uh, other than that, it's never had a re release, which I find very surprising. I don't understand why they wouldn't re release at least the Japanese mm. Power Stone 2 on like Xbox One yeah. or Xbox Series uh, and the PlayStations because like internet play is now easy, yeah. unlike as it was during the Dreamcast era. So having an online Power Stone game, bam, you've got yourself an easy sale. A lot of people like this series. Um, anyway, let's talk about the show. <laughs> So, in uh, episode one, uh, there is a character called Pride Falcon who's introduced in this anime. And I say introduced because at the end of the first game, uh, Edward Falcon, as he's known in the Western version, he's called Fucker in the- Japanese version. He is indeed. Uh, he he mentions his father in his end credits sequence, right. but he only says his father. He doesn't name him. Right. In the anime, came out in 1999. He was named as Pride Falcon, and that name came was uh, also in Power Stone Two, where he was a secret unlockable. Okay. And um, within the world of Power Stone, the Power Stones are very much they're the MacGuffins of the series. To be honest, they're basically Chaos Emeralds from Sonic quite literally there's seven of them and they give you insane powers uh one difference here one of the key functions is that a power stone allows a fighter to transform unlike the game we had to collect three power stones you only need one in this anime uh which allows each fighter to transform into a unique uh i guess you'd call it special form uh and falcon falcons is particularly weird because it's it's really weird. He basically becomes a robot. Yeah, the character is of, that character's called Red. How imaginative. I know, because he uses the red emerald, um, emerald. And he's coloured red. And he's coloured red. So why wouldn't they just call him that? Um, yeah, so opens up with Falcon boxing some dude. Um, the animation, I have to say, throughout this series is not very good. Uh, for me personally, and it could be me not remembering right, it was on par with what I would call what I would watch as like a Saturday morning in the early 90s. It was on that sort of level. Well, because- I had a problem with the, how it animates because, bear in mind, this is a fighting game. Mm. We don't see any fighting. When there's fighting going on, all you see is the aftermath of an attack. Because you'll see someone going, oh, and it'll be like they charge at the screen, and then you hear... Badush! and then you'll see them crumpled on the ground or punch mm. someone to punch someone in the gut. But you don't actually see the punch in the gut. You hear, see the guy screaming and running, you hear the punch connect, and then you see Falcon with his fist in the guy's gut. That's true, that's true. So you don't actually see any of the actual fighting per se. Yeah. You hear the action going on, and then you witness yeah. the after effects. I remember thinking this opening scene was weird for two reasons. One is, in the game, I don't remember that falcon was a boxer particularly his boxing was his fight oh that was his style okay uh but it was never suggested that he was a boxer in this way but so they're they're in a boxing ring and it's clearly a boxing ring he's got boxing gloves on but his opponent is fighting a completely different style yes and i was just a bit like what sport is this Mm. (laughs) Like, this isn't mma what is this i'm guessing maybe it was mma but it it does say boxing match on the thing doesn't it hmm um, now, the other thing that's kind of jarring in this is that in the games, it's very obvious that Falcon is meant to be an, an allegory for an Englishman. Because yeah. he's flying a, a biplane, even though it's a German biplane. He's from Londo. He's from Londo, which is meant to be London. And he's got the Union Jack as he, uh, as flags on each arm. In the, in the anime, they don't have the Union Jack, but they have the Scottish flag instead. Yeah, but, but he's not a Scottish voice actor. No, he, instead he's... All American. I'll give you say he's as American as you can get. Like everyone else in Londo, or even though it's not called Londo, it's called Sunland. In this, um, everyone else who lives around him has one of them really shit American English accents, where they're like, "What, right, uh, no Yeah, pip pip, cheerio, pip, pip, cheerio. You're so so. He is English. Yeah, but- it's like what's going on. <laughs> now, to be fair, this connects a little bit back to the Sonic OVA. In that the voice acting translation was done by ADV Films, mm. who were known to make trash translations. You know which character I couldn't stand? Apollis. Apollis, Apophis? yes. His butler. He's one of these characters. <coughs> and I swear to God, I'm not a big anime watcher. No. but I'm pretty sure every anime I ever have seen has got this character in it which is a whining servant a devoted servant who whines all the time and has an annoyingly high-pitched voice with always like oh master oh master no we can't do that master oh my god mm. master you know maybe someone's going to sample that and jerk off to it well if they if they so wish maybe, maybe, I, should. I, should, maybe I should set up an OnlyFans maybe it'll just be me <laughs> Oh, master, oh, master, no, we can't do that, master. Oh my God, master! It's an established anime trope. I always find it incredibly classist because it's like the, the lower classes, which clearly this guy is, who fawns over the uh, the classes above him. And anyone who doesn't respect the classes above them are therefore criminals, like the pirates and things like that. There is never a, a good person from the working class right. in Japanese anime as a standard form. Are they cl- quite a classist society then, Japan? They did used to be. Are. I'm not sure if they're still like that now. Um, yeah. I wouldn't want to comment on how Britain, they are now. But they also, definitely is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they they were very feudal. And samurai were able to cut uh, civilians uh, citizens' head off if they looked at them funny, really? Yeah, and that was legal. Uh, so they, they obviously there was a very strong class system in that regard in Japan. If that's still, it's obviously nowhere near that classist anymore, where someone can just cut someone else's head off. But they, it's likely like Britain, it still has a lot of remnants of that, and that's what we're seeing. Yeah, in where the, you're it, automatically perceived as a better person if you happen to have been born into a rich family. Yeah, or if if you've worked your way into class, then you deserve to be able to. Look down on others. Um, i tell you something that always pisses me off. Just fuck it with filling time. Sidebar. It's <coughs> um, the concept of old money. I don't know if you've ever heard this. Yes. Um, they sum it up perfectly in um, in Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where there's a scene where two of the guys who were born poor, uh, they, they open a business, they're building a pool, and they think it's going to make them loads of money renting a pool out to people right. uh, but they think it's going to make them money and they're going to be high class and one of the characters Dennis is expl- he basically says to them no no it's not about the money you could make all the money in the world and you still wouldn't be class because class is something you're born into it's not something you can yeah. get so you would be new money and new money is trashy and you're like what the, That kind. Of, that's obviously a comedy show but there are but literally really people true. who think that way it is really, and yeah. my God, I just want to turn around to these people who are like, oh, we're old money. It's like, oh, so what you mean by that is you haven't done anything societally relevant in a hundred years. Yep. That's what yeah, you mean. Yeah, yeah, um, Well, it's, it's people like Donald Trump are like that. It's like, I've worked my way up all by myself. It's like, you got an injection of millions from your yeah. father, like. And have declared bankruptcy three times. I, to be fair to him on those, there is, a, while I disagree with it because it's immoral, there are logistical reasons of earning more money by bankrupting oh, yeah, the company. Yeah. And no, I think no, that's I know. what he did those for. Oh yeah, that but- is totally what he did them for, but it's still wrong. Oh yeah, it, it, as far as morality is concerned, it's off the chart of bad. But I can understand the logistical reason for that. Whereas getting money from your dad, you've done nothing logical to get it. You've just asked your dad it's not the same as... you know, But then they always classify, oh, I've worked hard to get where I am. Bullshit. Oh, yeah. Um, People are (laughs) capable of twisting. People are capable of believing they've worked a lot harder than they have. Oh, yeah, it's part of the human condition. Um, So Falcon, uh, his servant, doesn't want him to keep boxing. uh, And so Falcon visits the fortune teller at some point for info on the stone uh he, he receives the he stone receives in a package a from his father yes, yes so his, uh, his father's basically an adventurer and he hates his father because his father abandoned him for adventure when he was a kid and he says he, he basically used to get bullied on the street and his father never helped him yeah um there is an image of child falcon where he's dressed as rupert the bear i noted He's got like the red jumper. I think he's the got a yellow, yellow scarf, scarf as well. And he's got the, uh, yeah. st- he's actually got the stripy Rupert the Bear trousers Put on. Rupert the Bear as Fucking a child. Hell. Like, I've not thought about Rupert the Bear since I was a child. No, exactly. And I'm like, why is Child Falcon Rupert the Bear? It's Ooh. That's interesting. Rupert Fokker. Uh, because his name was Fokker in Japanese. Just want to make sure that I'm. Just make sure you enunciate that O and don't make it sound like a U. <laughs> Fokker, you? Fokker as in meet the fuckers yes yes. Uh, so he visits the fortune teller Rouge to ask her if she can find any info in her crystal ball about the power stone Uh, and pirates keep trying to steal the stone from him and his manservant and this becomes a recurring theme for 26 episodes so these pirates, this one small one one beefy big one, what are their names Rory? yes oh have you not got it down? their names are, I don't know which one's which (laughs) Their names are Octo and Puss. I don't want to be Puss. So it makes Octopus <laughs> so together. If, if the little one is Puss and the big one sits on him, does that is he crushing Puss? Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> I actually, <will. laughs> actually have a note about these two, uh, which is they're garbage characters. But, they are. But whichever one the big one is, my God, does it sound like he, he's not. I checked. Because... Mm. Uh, He's, he just isn't. My god, does it sound like he is being voiced by Macho Man Randy Savage? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, gonna snap into a Slim Jim, steal your Power Stone, that and then probably drop the direction the ADV ball. Films guy gave him. Just, just be Randy oh, Savage. That was generic. Yeah. Uh, I remember the 90s anime. That was generic bad guy voice, was to do Randy Savage. Yeah. Uh, you know Randy Savage? From, it wasn't Ian. in they live uh no that's roddy piper uh, randy savage is in the first sam raimi spider-man film he's the wrestler spider-man fights uh, where he's like boom saw is ready like that that is literally how Macho man randy savage talks right um he actually died a few years ago um he was widely considered one of the best wrestlers ever. Uh, he was he was a wrestler around the time Hulk Hogan was, a savage. Uh, and him and ha ha ha, him and Hulk Hogan had a tag team, and then they broke up, and right. he turned villain. Anyway, yeah, he actually passed away a few years ago, around 2011, I think. Very tragically, uh, had a heart attack while he was behind the wheel of a jeep, and um, hit a tree, shit, and died. Oh, that's sad. It is sad. It's very sad. So, so this this power but it, stone. But it too is, is, it is fun. But it is fun to go. Oh yeah! <laughs> it hurts your throat a little bit, though. Don't you do I, it? I'm You'll not, start coughing. No, not again. I'm still trying to keep it down at the moment. Okay, so the pirates try and steal the stone. On stealing it. Oh, so he steals it back and runs away from them. Yeah. And as he's trying to jump through roof, over rooftops to get away from them, he falls through the roof of a circus, which is uh, basically a, a performing circus with Ayami, who's another character from the game. She's the woman in the geisha-style gi, but sh- short cut off. Um, and... There's a queen character in this performance that they've got playing who's a recurring character as well, which is Ayami's older brother. This character is not in the games at all. Uh, But the brother is very clearly... I don't know whether we would consider him trans or whether we would consider him drag queen. I was watching it. It's like, which is it? I couldn't tell. I was watching it and I was going, is this progressive or is this really offensive? I can't tell. (laughs) Well, I think it's... Uh, There's I, no plot-relevant reason why he's dressed as a girl the whole time. No, I mean, maybe in the in this first scene, because he's meant to be basically the queen performer in the show, but he's dressed like it whenever they're not performing throughout the entirety of the show. Mm. He's never dressed as a male. Yeah, and which, that's just one of those weird things Japan likes to do. Yeah, yeah. They've been ahead there of There is us. a lot of gay jokes in this, though, mm. which would suggest that maybe it wouldn't... I mean, we're not to say, because we're... Straight men, as it were, but it's like we're, we're not either trans nor drag. So whichever one it is, we wouldn't, you know. I don't think we know the nuance enough to know the difference. Yeah. I, I would arguably say drag because there's never any suggestion that he. Identifies as a woman per se. No, he's just always dressed as one. There were a lot of gay panic jokes. Which there was what, a lot of gay panic, jokes which is in the what series. made me think it wasn't progressive. It was actually offensive. Yeah, but. yeah, but there is the possibility that he just. They just didn't see a reason to mention... I don't know. In 1999, to be fair, a kid's TV show was probably never going to mention any form of tr- actual transition. So, at best, a drag queen, gay panic character was the best you could probably well, hope for. It's in that really... Regard. it's it surprisingly didn't edit it out. So, are you aware of another anime called Sailor Moon? Yes. So, I watched Sailor Moon as a kid, and then years later, I watched the Japanese version and discovered that there is actually a character who appears female... Mm but it is explicitly stated is transgender it's a man who dresses as a woman identifies as a woman blah 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 in and that's all in the japanese stuff they do in that the, quite a bit in the yeah. american dub they take all the references out and it's just a girl they and there they was cast a character a girl to play it there was a character called poison i think in street fighter who was like that mm. it was a very promiscuous looking woman and in the west it was a woman uh, but in japan it was it's a boy masquerading as a girl. They always put it in those terms as well, which is probably where, like, the idea of putting them in there is probably quite progressive, but the way they're always referred to as the boy masquerading as a girl is probably where that sort of progressive ideal would fall away. Again, not for us to really talk about, but it is worth (laughs) noting that it is in the show quite a lot, and the gay panic side of it certainly comes up a lot. Um, After he escapes the pirates, Falcon ends up running into Ryuma, who is a samurai character from the game, uh, and Ryoma has his own power stone. So Falcon has the blue, the red power stone, sorry, and Ryoma has the yellow one. When Ryoma realizes that Falcon has a power stone, he challenges him to a duel. Um, but Falcon hasn't got time because he's still being chased, uh, and so he ends up transform. Falcon transforms into red which is, the, as we noted, the robotic version of him. Who can fire his arms off like Rayman. Yep, um, but he doesn't know what's happening. He just happens to be fighting his red and going, why is my hand falling away? Oh, my God, what's going on? Um, and he ended up, you know, winning the fight, as it were, and escaping, and that's the end of episode one. Uh, a lot of these... Uh, here's something that I find with this show specifically, because we're going to probably through the episodes quite quickly yeah. um, each episode has like one story beat that might be relevant to the overall series but overall they're almost all filler outside of that Yeah. with the exception of a couple of episodes they're pretty much all filler um, because, and it's just like in order to make this work as a series you'll get one breadcrumb for the main story and then we'll, that's all you'll get for 26 minutes yeah, and of then your time Yeah. the rest of it is just meaningless shenanigans Yep um and the, the thing is so like let's be clear this show isn't terrible it's not the worst thing we've ever watched no um unfortunately it's just at at best it's just okay yeah uh which is a shame because i feel i feel personally that they were, the characters were so colourful that it could have made a good show. They like could have done really a lot more show. with it. Yeah, it was quite generic what they ended up doing with it. Yeah, I, I think, fa- personally, I think Falcon was the wrong character to focus on as the lead. Uh, obviously, it's an ensemble piece, and we do meet all of the characters. Yes, we do. But it, you know, he's not interesting enough to be the lead, in my opinion. I mean, they could have done more with him, but I think the problem was is they where they tried to make it as generic as possible, and they certainly succeeded at that, it lost all of the int- it like the interests uh, idiosyncrasies of the characters. Yeah. So if Falcon was played more like an actual British World War One fighter pilot, sort of loves all the old because his plane, by the way, is a German plane. Yeah. From World War One, even though he is British. So there's quite a lot of in- interesting sort of character beats you could do with that character, uh, almost like an allegory for Red Baron and that sort of thing whether he was lead or not would make him more fascinating than he ends up here where he's just like, Oh, I'm the guy who wants to box, but I kind of want to do this. I don't want to do adventure. I want to go on an adventure. Yeah. He's he's so indecisive. Yeah. So episode two opens with a voiceover of Falcon. Now this happens in every episode where he basically tells you what happened in the previous episodes. Um, In this, this is when we say indecisive, this really shows it up straight away. Remember in mind, this is the very beginning of episode two. He uh, says in the voiceover, he talks about Pride Falcon going away and sending him the Power Stone. And he basically goes, I'm going to end up, I need to chase down my father and figure out what's going on. And then it cuts to scene one of him in bed, sleeping. Apollos coming in and going, oh, you need to get up. And he's just like, oh, I'm not interested in seeing my father. I've got no interest in doing this adventure. And you're like... Well, which is it, then? I'm also hoping to learn more about this strange and powerful stone my father has sent me. We must go and find your father, so how soon do you think we can leave? No way, Apollos. <coughs> Spend my life chasing someone who left me? No way! But if you're that concerned about finding my father, then you're on your own. Makes no sense. Rouge says that Pride Falcon is stuck in a problem of some kind. It's kind of... They try and word it in a way that sounds mystical, and they kind of fail. Uh, she says they have to travel to Moonland, Fireland, Aqualand, Woodland, mm. Goldland, Silverland, and Soil. Not Soil Land, just and Soil. And I'm like, don't want to finish that line also like the the thing is and i'll get to this at the end i've actually noted down all the known locations where people are from in yes. the games none of them are these names no these lands as they're called i was like was the game that shit in that everyone's from this land or that like, no they're not No. so it's only in just this lazy writing lazy writing is this the scene where she tells falcon when she reads his fortune she says he's gonna have trouble with an eight-legged creature from the sky and he's panicking and then it's a spider no that's with rayum and that's another episode yeah um according to falcon though all of these lands is the whole world though we do later find out there's a place called dark land which course, is not on course. any map we'll get to that as we get to it um and the stone her, her crystal ball reveals that pride and vargas uh, uh, uh yeah pride and Vargas are in some way intertwined together in this path. I, uh, we I thought ex- we should uh, we should say that in this universe Valgus is like Valgus. the ultimate fighting champion. Yes. Uh, he's the strongest man in the world everyone looks up to him. He's a him. pro boxer and, and that's why um Falcon is a boxer. He's, yeah, because yeah, he, he, he loves Valgus. That will come up a lot later on in the series as well. So Falcon reveals his father never saved him from bullies as a kid. In this oh, episode, and we see that secret. Leave it in mine. Deal with it. Mm. So Falcon thwarts a mugging from Ayami. She's trying to steal the stone from him as well. And then he ends up comforting her because she grazes her knee. Do you remember this bit? yes I think I did she raises her knee and people are like oh my god and he's like hey you're injured and so he like bandages her knee and she blushes like oh and is this where he takes her back to his flat and her brother's there trying to no that's later on this is is just the first part of a potential love trying like love thing with him her and Rouge which never goes anywhere. and like mate no offence no offence I am (laughs) but you think you've got a chance next to Rouge you think he's going to pick to bang you instead of the exotic fortune teller who's Boobs are out the entire time. No. Odd crack. Yeah, no. It's, it's, no. I think that's kind of the point. What's weird about this as well, and I'll come to this at the end, is that actually Ayami comes across as younger in this than she is in the games. Okay. She's mentioned to be 14 in this series, whereas in the games she was a young adult, but actually an adult. So it's kind of a an odd like, discrepancy that they decided to make her 14 and still trying to chase after him, and be like, "Oh, now that's fine because he doesn't—he never chases after her." Yeah, so it's kind of they get around it's Amy the, Rose syndrome. Yeah, so at, le- at the very least, you can go, "Okay, she might fancy him, and that's fine because she's the younger one, and he doesn't reciprocate." Yeah. But um, it is a bit weird. But that's all. she's I'm- just a teenage dirtbag baby. Listen to Iron Maiden, baby. Why don't I bandage your graze knee, baby? <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck the rest of this show. Shall we just rewrite the lyrics to Teenage <laughs> Turtle? Power Stone. To be Power Stone. I yeah. think it would be better than the show itself. I've got two tickets to Darkland, <laughs> baby. Come and fight Valgus. Don't say maybe. <laughs> 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 Fucking Weetus, Man, man. mate. You know what? That's all I've got on episode two. That's yeah. when I say these episodes are bland, yeah. they really are. Like that's as far as the story and goes. Uh, this story is basically set up that he needs to travel the world and that Ayami is kind of Oh and at least as far as I saw so obviously I only really saw the first six and then the last one. Yeah, yeah. But the first six, they're all much of a muchness. They yeah. all blend into one. Like as we've just said, I mean, I only watched these yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And I'm struggling to remember. Which episode was which? Yeah, the only reason I know is because I wrote I no- wrote, wrote notes down. That's it. Yeah. Um, episode three, um, Apollos runs into Falcon's room. He ends up tripping and falling, and then as he falls, he ends up in an accidental kiss with Falcon. Do you I... remember this at the beginning of episode three? So, full confession, <laughs> by this point... full confession. By this point, I was only listening to the audio and was actually doing Doctor Who-themed jigsaw puzzles So on you my missed computer. this bit. Yeah, so basically, um, the, the, serv- the Apollos runs in. He goes, oh, Master Fokker, or whatever his name is, Master Fokker. Uh, Master Falcon, I've- there's news, and he Could trips his surname's up. surname's not Beta. Well, yeah. Um... He trips over. You hear him go, oh! And then you see the reaction. As I say, you only ever see the results. You see him with his lips full on Captain Falcon's... Mm. Captain Falcon is F-Zero, isn't it? <laughs> um, that's the thing. He's a captain. He's called Falcon. It's annoying. Uh, but yeah, on Falcon's lips and they're kissing and then they go, oh! There's like this oh, moment of gay tension. panic. Oh. It's proper gay panic and then suddenly the um, servant, like, you know, they do that thing in Amelie. It's, it's like and they like instantly in a different position yeah yeah so Falcon is still in the bed but um Apollos is on the floor and they're both like oh, and spitting out the, the gay kiss oh it's disgusting it's so gross and Ew, they're both like oh kiddies. yeah it's like oh gross oh it's disgusting oh <laughs> what a way to wake up what do you want it's like okay this is a bit much like it it hasn't aged well let's put it that way uh like i understand maybe it's because they know each other for so long and that they're you know there's an age discrepancy maybe but it does very much come across as proper gay panic i'm not gay uh so (laughs) ryoma founds finds rouge and then, uh, But he finds her not inside her tent, where she does her magic ball shit. Uh, she's licking an ice cream incredibly seductively, like just the tip. And he ends up with a nosebleed while he's talking to her. And this is where we get the idea that there's tension, and she clearly likes him, and he likes her. Of course, but... we all know what nosebleeds symbolise in anime, don't we? Yep. Erections! <laughs> Which is weird, because actually, if you're getting an erection, you want all the blood down there. I know, it's, it's, uh, it's counterproductive it is It is. I don't, I don't think they quite understand human anatomy no, no well to be fair this is the same country that genuinely will argue with you that bacon is a vegetable wait what they, I'm not the only person to know this this is noted in many different books of people who've gone to Japan bacon is a vegetable in Japan well I need to go to J- Japan then I'm eating my five a day every day yeah well they their excuse is usually I mean say they as in like all of Japan but there is quite a lot of people in Japan that will argue it um is that it's too tasty to be a meat now I'm a, <laughs> here's the thing right But all the best tasting things in the world are meat I wouldn't know I know I know you've had a sad existence Rory oh. I feel so so sorry for but here's you. the thing as a vegetarian even I'm like Surely the reason people eat meat is because it tastes nice. It's tastes fucking amazing. Because if it didn't There's taste no, nice, no one would do it. There is no better feeling than knowing that the thing you're eating was once alive, and you're now consuming you're its siphoning essence. siphoning its power. Yeah, that's, hey, that's what... Loads of cultures believe that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Loads of uh, like Native Americans and stuff like that. That's <laughs> why they used to eat... Um, was it Native Americans who used to... Sometimes they'd eat the heart of, their, of the people they killed or something, because mm, yes. they believed it allowed you to summon the power. Really, they should have just gone looking for some power stones, but, you know. Yeah, and that's a bit they got wrong. It's less gross. I thought you were going to say sausages. I could I could understand someone making an argument that sausages aren't meat, because I'm sure I read somewhere once. Well, it, they are sausages. still meat, they're just awful. Well, I've, I'm sure I read somewhere once that, um, like, I'm talking like own brand Tesco sausages are only like 8% actual pork. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it depends on what you mean by that, though. I don't think that means they're mostly vegetable. They use a lot of... Um, oh, God, what's it They called? use a lot a of... F- meal? Yeah, they use a lot to fill it in, but I think yeah. a lot of it is also offal, which is like... Toenails and, and shit. Yeah, and not necessarily from a pig. So it'd be like from, waste product from horses from and shit. From people. Sausages are people. <laughs> Sausage Soilent green. Soilent green is people. <laughs> um... I think this is the episode, actually, that uh, Falcon runs in when, uh, that you mentioned, where Rouge and uh, he's talking to Ryoma, and he ends up with his top off because he thinks there's a spider. a spider in it. He falls on her, and then Falcon walks in, and that's when he finally accepts Ryoma's fight. Mm. So, fine, I no, will fight of you, course, basically, for the love of a woman. Of course, because men will do anything toxic for a beautiful woman. Masculinity. Masculinity. Um, Some would say chivalry. Yeah. No, no, you're right. It's toxic masculinity. Yeah. Either or. Uh, But yeah, Rouge constantly flirts with Ryoma and is super suggestive the whole way and that's literally it for episode three. This is such a bland series with storytelling and it's so piecemeal that you could go through episodes really quickly. Um, Did you want to take episode four, five and six? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not going to lie. In my head, I'm trying to rewrite Teenage Dirtbag to be about Power (laughs) Stone. Um, and then I got the idea of doing it to um, to Girl or the Bad Guys one from Bowling for Sue um, yeah. but no, I'm trying to do it but I can't actually remember the lyrics to Teenage Dirtbag I know it starts with her name is Noel so in my head I was like his name is Valgus <laughs> he's number one in the world I can't remember the lyrics though. you could go with Gunrock maybe his name is Gunrock Gun Rock. He's got the biggest biceps I've seen. He's got the biggest power rock. I can't... Oh, God. <laughs> power rod. <laughs> Not rod. Yeah, no, yeah, no, pa- no, no. Power rod. We're using power Okay, rock. okay we're going with the power I rod. can't remember the... I, I, I really want to listen to Teenage Dirtbag again now. Though. All right, well, we'll do that after we've recorded, shall we? <laughs> Come with... Yeah. Uh, so, yes, episode four, five, episode and six are on sh- um, the Let's see if I can read this writing here. So, you should have given up uh, watching it by now. But basically, in episode four. Um, oh, God, yes, I remember this line because it was a fucking awful line. Uh, this is a thing only British people should say, not Americans. But he says, uh, I'm going to discover the secret of the Power Stones, or Bob's your uncle. I'm going to discover the secret of the Power Stones. Or Bob's your uncle. Yes, and he uses it in completely the wrong context. Yeah, so I've written that there. It's wrong, isn't it? It's like I'm gonna. Or Bob's your uncle is in like other. All, but it's like no. Bob's your uncle means done. Yeah, but it's a thing only British people should do. It's very British slang. Yeah, but like if you're gonna use it, at least use it right. So this is the one I do remember. I'm gonna do the washing up and Bob's your uncle. I've Uh, done. That's what it means. I've done it. Yeah. (laughs) No, you know I'm gonna. Don't watch me. I'm gonna wash that car tomorrow. Or Bob's your uncle. Yeah. So that doesn't work. It's not a phrase. So in this one, Falcon is going to... He's managed to get Rouge to agree to a date. Yes. At the the opera... Uh, and the Phantom of the Opera. He's, he's very nervous, and we see him getting ready. And Apostoles, is it? What's his name? Apollos. I think Apollos. He's helping him I can to never do. Write his, it down properly. He's helping him do his bow tie and things like that. Yeah. And Apollos. Apollos. And we see Rouge down. in her tent. And somebody knocks her out. With... Yeah, I think it's Ayami. Yeah, but we don't know that at no, this point. No, she gets gassed out, doesn't she? Yes. Of, of of uh, and then when Falcon turns up at the opera with a bouquet of flowers, mind you, so he mm. really likes this girl. <laughs> Would um... You like a girl with her ass out 24 hours a day? <laughs> She's attractive for a cartoon. <laughs> I'd bang that cell. <laughs> oh, no. Is that why they call them incels? Because they want to no, fuck cartoons, no, and no. they used to be shelled. No, you're punning. You're punning <laughs> again. <laughs> you pun yourself, son <laughs> But you've got punnington's disease. Oh, I would pun all over that cell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Disgusting, Jamie. This is what Ildis does, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to say, that was you being disgusting for once, not me. Yeah, no, I was just saying it's disgusting. I wasn't saying you were disgusting. Um, So, yeah, Ione's there, and she's all like, oh, well, I guess she'll just have to sit with me. (laughs) Uh, And he blatantly doesn't want to, and she keeps poking around for information about the stones, doesn't she? Yes. Does she spill hot coffee on him? Yes, she does on purpose uh, because she realises he's about to leave. So to make him stay, she, for some reason, pours hot coffee on him Uh, to make him stay. This is as awkward as when you see these scenes in porno films. Like, oh no, I spilt that on your shirt. Also bear in mind, you're still 14. You'd better take it off so I can dab it clean. It's literally that level. Um, And her brother is in front, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, still doing the whole oh aren't you gorgeous sort doing of a lady okay. doing ladies. is very much doing ladies things. If there's anything in life I love, it has to be the opera. Uh, so they abandon the opera. They end up going back to Falcon's Pad, uh, where he can get changed and cleaned up. And while he they they for, they convince him to take a bath, don't they? Yes. And while he's in the bath. Ayane uh, and her brother, whose name I do not remember. It's just Ayane's brother. Yeah. Uh, they're searching all over the flat. The gay and getting, one. And getting increasingly frustrated. Is that in this episode? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going from memory here. Um, I think that might be a later episode. You've not got it written down, but it has to be. At the end, there's the twist where it turns out the Power Stone. He Because I only watched the first six. It has to be this one. At the end, there's a twist. What? Where no, because this one has Jack in it then this must have been episode three then this no one. no no it happens later I know it happens later um five or six no no episode five episode five is the one where where it's in the bathtub yeah Ayami and her drag brother force him to have a bath that's how fractured this is. Like you imagine if you oh, put all of this yeah. in one episode. You're right. Jack turns up at the opera, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Because, because it's the everyone, Phantom of the Opera. Because everyone fucking sits there, don't they? Going, yeah. oh, very realistic. And you're like, you fucking moron. Yeah. And he's sitting there. Going, oh my lovely, yes. lovely. Jack sounds fucking awful. Doesn't oh he? my god. And you know what? I didn't check it, and I should have done. But I'm sure in the game, Jack sounds more like Black Doom from Shadow the Hedgehog. What are you doing, Shadow? Yes, it's more like down here, sort of ah, sort yeah. of voice. And it, <laughs> Oh, it's my he, he's he's basically Golem, isn't he? Like he's, yeah. he's always going like, my precious, it's my lovely, pretty, says, pretty, says. oh lovely, yeah, my, my lovely, 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 lovely. Oh, lovely. <laughs> lovely. Oh, he says mummy a lot, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, because it's for his oh, dead mum mom or some shit. Oh, it was just Which weird. is not from the game, by the way. Jack is the character who's had the most changes to suit the anime. Yeah. In the game, he is an allegory for Jack the Ripper, and it's suggested quite a lot that he is a mass murderer. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But he's, in, he's in this, he's not. He, in fact, they heroize him by the end. Yeah, he's a full-on villain in the... Yeah. Yeah, there's Ugh. no... Rec- the, yeah. Yeah uh yeah so he turns up then uh falcon ends up having a fight with him i remember that uh on a ship in it yes and then for some reason after he just punches jack once the ship decides to just sink below the (laughs) waves as it does because that's what it can do apparently that's what things do. And we're talking like a ship with sails, like a wind power. Yeah, yeah, ship. like a, an old galleon, basically. Mm. But it's it's hidden underneath a building, isn't it? Because he crawls underneath a building to escape um Rouge because he rips her dress as he runs by her, for some reason. Yes, and she's all like, "Hmm." Yeah, so she gives chase, and then like she's like, "Oh, where's he gone?" He goes down an alley, and she doesn't see where he goes. And then Falcon finds a hole, and he goes underneath, and um, in a basement of a building, there is a, a. It's big enough to hold house a whole galleon. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it's weird. So, episode five. So, this is where he's in the bath, and they're trying to search for the stone. Yeah, they've come around, and they've forced him into the bath. And there's a lot of, like, not very great slapstick comedy in this bit. Yeah. Um, and again, it's there's a lot of suggestion about Ayami's brother also kind of being into Falcon. So, he's clearly gay. Mm. Whether he's trans or not is a different thing, but he's definitely gay. Yeah. Uh, and the the big payoff to that joke when they can't find the stone is that Falcon was using this, you know, this priceless gem yeah. as a plug for the bathtub. Yeah, because he'd lost the bath plug and he was <laughs> It's what the chains are for, Falcon. Yeah, I know. But uh, to be fair, I didn't mind that reveal. I thought that was quite funny. Yeah. But the the bit is when he comes out of the bath, uh Apollos comes in, doesn't he? comes home and he sees the two girl, well, the two girls there, quote unquote, Ayami and her brother. And they're holding on to him, trying to push him back in the bathroom, going, no, 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 we'll tidy up here. But when Apollos comes in, he just sees two women with their hands around him. He's like, oh my god, I can't believe, you know, someone of such class being devolved into this shit. So then we get introduced to, or we find out that Falcon's mum is involved at this point and um, she's never in the games she's never in the games i don't think she's ever mentioned past this episode either uh i don't believe so i mean i haven't watched the whole thing but she's not mentioned in any of the episodes following it um though i have to say in the games there is like she's called jane in this she has no name she's not mentioned at all in the games uh but i was wondering the japanese version who's the motherfucker go on jb no go on so she introduces Falcon to Cassie, who is a blue-haired young lady. Yep, in a pink dress. Um, and basically, she's trying to set up an arranged marriage for all intents and purposes, <laughs> because she doesn't want her son cavorting about. Cavort! <laughs> yes. <laughs> she doesn't want him cavorting about with people. i um, very posh of you. And straight away, we know something's off about this, Cassie. Uh, I felt like the show wanted us to feel sorry for I.R.N., yeah, because she was being pushed aside. Yeah, we well, are like, oh, but she likes him. You're like, right, this bitch is underage. I don't care if she likes him. She is underage, and he should not be banging her. No, and to be fair to him, he doesn't have any interest. But yeah, stop trying to frame it as we feel sorry for her. But then again, didn't we look it up that the age of consent in Japan is 14 or something 12. like that? 12. You continue to amaze me, Japan. I'll just say that. I think it's um, 18 in Tokyo. But outside of... T- like, in the more rural areas, it's still 12. Where it's still good for inbreeding. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep, 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 yep. <sighs> Not that Japan has rednecks, as far as I'm aware. Well, they do. They're all on uh, the uh, island the Americans took over. <laughs> uh... No, mate. I mean, I-, I laugh about that, but actually that's a fucking tragedy. Did you hear about... Um, is it Okinawa? I think it yeah. is. This is where they all landed, and there was a lot of rapes that happened from by the oh, Americans. Really? Yeah. After World War Two. Uh, the Americans established a base in Okinawa, and a lot of the American troops were raping women Jesus. in Okinawa. Um, it's, yeah, it's quite a grotesque bit of history, yeah. and it, it's hard to watch uh, when you look up documentaries on it. It's, yeah, uh, a horrible piece of history. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, I didn't <laughs> mean to lower like the tone there, but it's, no, no, I mean, it if, like it. if you're interested in Japanese history, I would look into what happened in Okinawa and and, and see just how fucking unjust, mm. unjust that whole scenario was. Um but straight away, it's pretty clear something is up with Cassie. And we eventually find out, after, after it drags this plot point out for a little while, we find out she's actually been hired by the pirates to steal the Power Stone from yes. him. Um, but because Falcon refuses to give up on her, she decides to betray the pirates, therefore becoming a double-crosser, uh, but not dresser. And then what does she do? She just leaves, doesn't she? Uh, Eventually. Don't we get a tearful farewell or something? Yeah, so she decides that they have to go there in separate ways because there's no way he could properly trust her and she feels sorry for what she did. Mm. So they leave. But she does stay in the series. Oh, okay. She marries Gunrock. Yes, yes, yes. And has a whole bunch of kids with him. Right, okay, so now we're on to episode six. No I- breastfeeding like Sonic OVA, though. We need to talk about this, because this is the one. Yep. This is the one where uh, Falcon randomly fights a gorilla. Just goes and goes into a zoo and tries to fight a gorilla. Yeah, just... For his just, own masculinity's sake. Just hops into a Rombe's cage <laughs> and starts beating a Rombe down. So basically in this one we see that Falcon is distracted you know he's mentally thinking about all these other things and that's affecting his performance in the boxing ring uh and he loses a fight and the fight promoter is a bit of a dick because i think falcon says before that he's got a perfect win record yeah uh, because he loses one fight he's sacked he's yeah he's told he can't fight in that gym anymore yeah um get out of here you're useless it's like he's only lost one fight yeah but i think it's suggested as well that Perhaps there are other forces there as well. Do we, see, do we see things behind the bookcases, I thought? Or am I conflating? I can't remember if I'm being honest. Basically, he decides to handle his frustration with losing in the most mature way possible, which is by, like we said, going to the zoo, hopping into the gorilla enclosure yep. and picking a fight with some gorillas, which yep. is weird as shit. Then he's approached by someone in a gorilla costume. No, 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 no. Before that, he loses the fight to the gorilla. Right. And then the gorilla decides it really likes him and starts kissing him. And the other male gorillas come out to give him cuddles and kisses. And that's what he can't stand. Again, even more gay panic. But around gorillas. I mean, mean, to be fair, I'd be scared if a bunch of gorillas were coming at me. They don't hop in the fucking cage. Oh, yeah. Yeah like, like, but also I like find it weird that it wasn't like it's the threat of more gorillas hitting him that scare him off. It's the fact that a gorilla might be friendly to him or overly friendly to him yeah. that scares him off. It's like, oh no, not gay gorillas. I could, <laughs> the I'd, worst kind yeah, of gorilla. I didn't mind hopping into the gorilla enclosure to beat one up just for my own fucking sake. But if one wants to give me a kiss, oh that's gay, I can't no. hack that, I've got to go. It's like, what so, is this show? He, he makes it back home and Apollos tells him he's been sent a second package from his father, Pride Falcon. Uh, and he thinks it's food at first. He thinks yeah, it's, it's a dumpling, like a dumpling bun, uh, yeah. and we can all see where this is going. He bites into it, cracks his teeth, yep. because it's actually a second power, power stone. stone. Um, Ends up being the green one, doesn't it? The green one. Then, then we get. Are you ready for this? For the best joke in the whole show? ha huh, ha. Huh, huh. He is approached on the street by yet another gorilla. Right. This one with a flower in its hair. Yes. And he thinks and it's the gorilla from the zoo come to give him a kiss again. Yeah. And, um... Because that's gay. That gets resolved, and he realises it's actually Ayane, <laughs> who <coughs> says that she's actually dressed as the gorilla. To promote a show. For gorilla marketing. Oh, right. Gorilla marketing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, that's got to be a worse line. Gorilla G-U-E-R. Yeah. I don't know about worst line, but worst fucking pun. Yeah. Yeah, well, worst lines can include the worst puns. I think Bob, I, I think there, Bob's your it. uncle might be the worst. Bob's one. your uncle because it's just wrong. This is where we get the scene we talked about where he thinks there's a spider on him. Oh, right, okay, so that's not from episode three, okay. No. That's in episode two. So all of it this just is, melts together because all of it's this, bollocks. This is why we're taking a mid-season break. Yeah, uh, um, but It doesn't the, help that there's multiple narratives that nothing happens in, basically. Yeah, it's all garbage. Um, oh, wow, a lot A lot actually happens in this one, then. All right. So this is the one where they end up going on the run and they find a sushi bar run by Wang Tang. Yes. Wu-Tang Clan. The Wang Tang um, Clan. Who's... Basically, like, the best noodle cooker in the world or something. Yes, he's an amazing and chef. Yes, yeah. but a bunch of other people turn up, including an old Mr. Miyagi-type figure. Yep. And basically, we learn that Wang Tang is on the run from his old school yes. because he feels they're not teaching him to fight. Yeah, they're, they're just using him as free labour for yeah, cooking. For chefing and cleaning and all sorts of stuff. Um, so, he manages to beat all of these people who want to take him back by uh he transforms into his mystical form using the green power stone, using the that, green power stone which yeah. automatically like homes towards him doesn't it yeah it looks like each power stone is actually designed for an individual person which is weird that was never in the yeah, game how fitting <laughs> um yeah. uh he beats all them and then uh the 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 mr miyagi type figure whose name i don't remember basically tells him I to have a fight with Fa- with falcon yeah to see who's strongest they fight Falcon losers and Wang Tang decides he's going to go home. After all, Falcon finally realizes he needs more training, which we've all known for the last six episodes. And, and that's the this first is, six. This, yeah. This is a point where I got fed up of this show. Yep. Uh, and I also, to be fair, I ran out of time. Um, it, it's one of the reasons that we've. It's overlong when there's no substance to the plots, isn't it? When and yeah. you're watching each one, and you're getting at most a breadcrumb. Uh, episode seven was so. I've got a bit more. Um, I think we found this in general. I tend to have a bit more tolerance than you do when it comes to shit that we watch. Um, but even I, I, I ran out at episode seven. I was, like, I can't do this anymore because um, episode seven. Literally, I've got five lines on it. Mm. So I'll read those five lines, because that's all that happens. Falcon goes to Wang Tang's temple to train with the Power Stone. Ryoma goes with them. The three must climb a mountain to take an eagle egg, because the old man wants it for dinner. The eagle attacks Falcon, and he transforms into red to fight the eagle. Wang Tang gets the egg, but he comes to an agreement with the eagle that he'll only borrow it. So when he makes the old man dinner, it's with a normal egg. And he said, no, I only borrowed the egg. I'm giving it back. And that's the end of the episode. Filler. Yeah. There is not, I was like, no, I'm sorry. If you're not even, you didn't even give me a breadcrumb in this. Nothing of value happened in this episode. You could have cut it and nothing would have been lost. Um, So we jumped, I think you, you, as you said, you watched the final, I watched the final three. Yeah. So jump jumped to episode 24, there's a lot to catch up on in episode 24, but it won't take me very long. Wang Tang's Power Stone had been stolen, Gonrock gets attacked by the Golden Golem, some Golden Golem monster, Wang Tang believes that Valgus was the one who attacked him and took the Power Stone, mm. uh, Pride Falcon has gone to Darkland, a place so scary it's not on any maps, So all of that stuff is from the, uh, VO intro where it sort of explains what's happened prior on power stone. (laughs) Um, and to be honest, that's more than enough to catch up with the story itself. Yeah. So in this Galuda, who is the native American Indian, uh, character in it is attacked, uh, by a giant scorpion trying to steal his purple power stone. He ends up escaping with the stone and makes it back to the team. And while he's there, uh, he's, he's basically explaining what's going on. Uh, Still, at this point, episode 24, Falcon does not want to believe what is very obvious that Valgus is the bad guy. He's still like, no, 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 he's a good guy. No, there's no way he'd be like this. Uh, And he does this for two more episodes. It takes him ages uh, yeah, that should have been done much, much, much earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Valgus. Ha- basically, in, well, while Falcon's like, no, there's no way. It's- Valgus definitely wouldn't do anything like that. Uh, there's a boxing match between Valgus and the guy who is the giant scorpion. So, they're like, well, it's a bit weird that the giant scorpion is one of Volgus's henchmen that he boxes regularly as part of his crew if he's not the villain. Uh, so falcon steals tickets from the two pirates we mentioned earlier because they obviously they're shoehorned into every fucking episode um and they watch as valgus basically boxes the henchman. the henchman's sitting there begging going valgus please uh, you don't have to do this i'm so sorry and he's like i know you're sorry uh, but you must be punished so valcan not uh, valgus not only beats his um his henchman. But when the referee goes, okay, round over, you've won, Valgus continues to batter down this guy. It's probably the most brutal part of the show. Shock twist, he was evil. You could have seen He was the going. villain the whole time. Name like Valgus, of course we saw it coming. Yeah, n- not not a cool Puritanian name. Valgus. Pu- yeah, pure Puritan name like fucker. Uh, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> yeah, so but his first name is. Um, Edward. Edward, that's a. Edward fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ed Fokker. Anyway. So he batters the guy, despite the referee telling him to stop, and he just doesn't stop. He just keeps brutalizing this guy. Um, Falcon then gets a letter that, said, that is apparently from Vulgus, saying, if you want to train with me, come see me afterwards at this location, which is like a beach. So he goes to the beach, but there isn't Vulgus there. Instead, the pirates are there, waiting in ambush. Uh, and they reveal that they're now working for Valgus. So they've been upgraded in the story. Ooh. Uh yeah. Uh and so they try and attack him, they fail, and as they get away on a in a r uh, like a rubber duck ring, like inflatable rubber ring, uh they fire a rocket launcher thing at him and inside the, the rocket is a letter that a map that shows the way to Darkland. Okay. So now he has the right ra- the way to Darkland to sort of verify everything. Falcon leaves be- leaves the entire group and says, "I don't believe." Like he basically turns on. But you can't believe Vulgus is evil, right? Even after all this, he's like, "Vulgus can't be evil. I won't believe it." And people are like, "Look, I don't. I know you don't want to believe it because he's your hero, but there's so much evidence about this mm, now." And he's exactly. just like, "Well, you you don't believe it, right, Gunner? You don't believe it, you, Right gunner Well, what about you, Rouge?" And they're all like, "Yeah, we kind of." We've all caught up to it, mate. Yeah. And so he's just like, right, well, I'm quit. I'm not doing this with people who don't believe in Vargas. So he goes and has a walk-off and has a tantrum. And because he leaves, Every the entire team ends up breaking up and going, you know what? I'm going home. I'm done. You know, that's it. And to be honest, I'd be at this point as well. I'd be like, if he can't even see it now, what's the fucking point? Let's, you know, so to be fair, that's the one realistic bit of this. Everyone just goes, nah, I'll take me, ball, and go home. The Scorpion then attacks Falcon, and Falcon wins the fight and realizes he's the member of August's team in the boxing match, which I find really weird because they already knew that at the boxing match. They state it openly. Mm. So I don't really know why he's so surprised. Um, Falcon then decides he needs to get, he needs to figure out, out you know what's going on. So the, the pirate ship he sank before he got sent the map of Darkland, it's sunk underwater. He uses a rope to pull it out onto the beach yeah, But he's struggling with it, because it's one man and a pirate ship. Uh, he's not going to win that gravitational pull. Gravity's against him. So all of the team come back together to help him pull the ship out of the water. You know, we do it as a team. Uh, they then fix the ship, and they use it to go to Darkland. That's episode 24. And episode 25 is another filler episode. Bear in mind, this is the penultimate episode. And it's filler. Yeah. Uh, the team find Vargas... Ready to. They verify he's evil. I don't know how. I can't remember how they verify he's evil. I think he just basically goes, Yes, it was me! And that's now like. It was me, Austin! It was me all along! (laughs) Uh, And it's revealed the pirates have captured Pride Falcon. So we know that Pride Falcon is now a captive of the pirates under the command of Valgus. And Valgus is uh, now definitely the villain, and Falcon is now aware of it. Uh, So he has a fight but loses Falcon loses the fight with Vargas well Vargas has got his foot on Falcon he says you're experiencing a galaxy of hurt and that is your weakness doesn't make any sense no because he's experiencing it it's not that's that that's weakness. not the weakness yeah <laughs> it doesn't make sense does it it's like you've lost like you're you're too weak to defeat me and now you're in Mm. a world of hurt that is your weakness that would be fine because it's not the it's not the hurt that makes him weak it's the fact that he's lost in some way or he's not powerful or you know whatever it's not the fact that he's hurting because you've got your boot on him exactly it's like that doesn't make sense yeah i Uh, don't know if i'm just being really stupid but it doesn't no you're experiencing a galaxy of hurt and that is your weakness Uh, Vargas defeats Falcon and tells him he'll make him his right-hand man at the Shrine of Darkness. For some reason, Vargas is fucking shit-hot on the fact that he wants uh, Falcon as his right-hand man, even though Falcon has done nothing but lose and been an idiot the whole time. this is that typical villain thing where they're like, join me, and you're like, they don't want to, and they're going to destroy you, so stop and kill them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now we come to the final episode. Uh, Gunrock wants to marry Cassie, we find out at the beginning of this. Valgus wants to create a dangerous new world to create hardened fighters like his childhood adventure novels. That's his yeah, whole reason. It was it was such a weak motivation. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, and yes, Valgus then transforms to fight Falcon into sort of his more powerful version falcon hasn't got his power stone in a previous episode we didn't watch he gave it to jack so that jack could have a reminiscent or something with his mum. uh the team reclaim their power stones and help fight vargas's minions while uh falcon takes on vargas apollos and uh, apollos apollos and ayami save pride falcon who won't leave his captivity because he wants to finish eating his dinner first yeah that's hilarious uh and Valgus uses the Dark Stone to basically Tetsuo himself into a large muscle monster with electric attacks. Um, I think that is connect- correct to the game, though. I yeah, don't believe it Tetsuos in the same way it uh, does in the anime. In, in the game... His muscles does, sort of grow and rupture, don't they? Yeah, like he, does, in Akira. He, he does turn into a monster yeah. in the game, uh, which I believe... but I don't think and i could be wrong i don't think it's an intentional process he triggers no. i think he basically absorbs too much power from the power stones right okay fair enough yeah in this he, he does it intentionally but he's like mm. his muscles overgrow and then like spill and split like they Very do body horror yeah like like again like akira and the character of tetsuo in that yeah that's a disturbing scene it is a disturbing scene i don't know why it needed to be that gross considering that they tamed everything else back um so as defeat seems sure Jack suddenly jumps back into the fray and gives Falcon his power stone back Falcon transforms using all the power stones and a special stone that suddenly appeared called the light stone uh, and becomes an anime winged robot thing uh, it's just a generic anime robot hero character that they draw in fucking everything it's boring mm-hmm. he obliterates Valgus in one hit Yeah. So it's like, well, that was, you know, anticlimactic. It was. It was very anticlimactic. Yeah. Uh, and he gives the spirit of Vulgus a cuddle. So it basically, after he defeats him, Vulgus turns back into his normal self. Falcon then gives him a cuddle. It then flashes into the White World, where it's now the child version of Vulgus, mm. and the child version of Vulgus runs into Falcon's arms to have a, like a one last loving cuddle before. Valgus disappears into the ether and Falcon is left without Valgus there at all. All this over a little boy who was bullied at school. But it wasn't even that, because that was Falcon. Valgus just wanted fighters like in his world adventure novels. No, but there's a scene, isn't there, of him being (laughs) laughed at? Oh yeah. Always tame motivation that everything, oh, someone called me a douche, so now I'm going to kill the world. That's incel behaviour. It is indeed. Um, so they return all the stones to the temple, and light returns to dark land. Ooh. Does that make it light land? I don't know. Um, Ryoma. So then, and then we get like a post what happened to everyone sort of thing. Ryoma goes on to train. He was going to have a relationship with Rouge, but she's turned into the oracle of her people, uh, and leads a, a fortune hall, as they call it, which is clearly a church. Uh, and her job as oracle is clearly as a priest. And so it's like ruined it. Not hot anymore. Uh, Wang Tang trains, so he has the same ending really as Ryoma. Galuda marries a young woman called Lilika or Lolita, sorry. But the thing is, she looks underage to me. Well, that's what the name Lolita means. No, no, Lilika. Oh, Um, but yeah, maybe they chose that because it sounds like Lolita, or maybe it was Lolita because there is. I believe there is a type of hentai called Lolita based on underage-looking girls, and it a could lolicon. be in Japan. Yeah, and probably in Japan they are underage, but when they westernize it, they always go, no, no, she looks cool, but she's really 18. Mm. And you're like, mm-hmm, I'm not touching that with a fucking barge pole. <laughs> we call that jailbait. Yes. <laughs> so- Baiteth of the jail yeah well, uh, is it jail bait Because i mean if it's not like they look eighteen but they're twelve it's like they they tw- they look twelve but they're Good eighteen it's, like, it's, it's only jail bait if you were that way inclined anyway um Cassie marries Gunrock Rock and has lots of kids Aww. Ayami continues with her circus. she seems to have no extra sort of credit or anything like that. Her brother is still the the dame of the piece. Uh, and pride then runs alongside falcon's airplane as he takes off to try and stop him going on adventures without him no don't be alone and it's like oh haven't the roles reversed isn't that fun Mm. (laughs) and that's the anime fuck me so well no thanks so I'm going to go through a couple of things quickly before we uh, get to the snap uh, of things that were different between the game and the anime. So uh, for each character... One's good, one's not. What? Yes. So Falcon is from Londo, which is London, an analogy for London in the game. In the anime, he has an American accent. He doesn't have the Union Jack, B he has a Scottish flag on his arms, which is, again, not taken into account for his character at all. Apollos, the um, servant character in the anime, he's not in the games, but there is a reference to him in the games. I did not know that, no. No. So he comes from the anime, so he's the man-servant in the anime. In uh, Power Stone 2, the Lance of Courage, apparently there's an episode where Apollos uses a Power Stone and powers up, Mm. and he's got a lance. His Lance of Courage is an item in Power Stone 2, but they rename it the Lance of Lava but it's still the same lance. Okay. Um, Ayami in the game is from uh, Oedo, O-E-D-O, which I think is just meant to be called, said, said as Edo, which is uh, Edo, E-D-O, was the original name of Tokyo in medieval time in Japan. So she's essentially from Tokyo, but they call it Edo because it's the traditional version of it. Uh, however, in this, she's now 14 rather than an adult, and they don't reference Edo at all. Mm. Galuda... The uh, Native American one is from the Western Wilds in the game, and he marries the chief of the village's daughter in Power Stone Two. Uh, this seems to sort of go with the anime where he marries a girl called Lilika. Uh, Lilika, sorry, but there's no, there's no, they don't necessarily cancel each other out. Jack, as I say, is the one with the most changes. In the game, he's from a place called Manches, which is meant to basically be Manchester. Uh, that is not in the in the anime at all. He also loves shiny knives, not shiny gems, and oh. it's possible that he's a Jack the Ripper murderer. Yeah, I definitely remember there's some cutscenes in that first game that highly suggest he is a Jack the Ripper type murderer. That's the whole point of his character. In this, instead, he's a sad outcast finding shiny gems for a lovely, lovely for mother, um, which sucks. Uh, the character of Kraken actually is in the anime later on. Yes, I noticed him in the opening credits. Yeah, uh, he's the penultimate boss in Power Stone One, uh, and he appears with the Octopus Gang in the later series. Now, it's interesting that they call them the Octopus Gang because the Kraken is in um, in his in pirate history, as it were. Uh, Kraken is basically a large scale style octopus. Rouge is from Madad, which is basically Baghdad in the games. But in the anime, she's from Fireland. Other than that, she's mostly the same. Of course, Ryoma is from Mutso, which is a real place in Japan. However, in the anime, he's from Moonland. Uh, Vulgus is the main villain of uh, Power Stone One, and in this anime, he's from Darkland. Wang Tang is from a place called Tong Ang, which is a real place in uh, the world today. But in the anime, he's from Woodland and a place called the Manpo- Manpuku Temple. Okay. And that's, that's all the, the little bits of trivia I've got for that. Um, so, first of all, would you, if you were to adapt Power Stone, Jamie, mm-hmm. into either a movie or an anime or yep. a series, whatever way you would do it, how would you do it? Very simple answer. I'm very tired for this. Yes. Take all the elements of the games. Yep. And chuck them away. <laughs> and just keep Rouge, she's naked, and it's a porno. So you just want to? No, no. In all seriousness, you just um, want a Middle Eastern porno. <laughs> in all seriousness, um, it needs to be more ensemble uh, for it to work. I think so. Less with just Falcon is the main character, and more split across a few of them. Um, and just generally, to be fair, they're not that far off. They like it's fine for it to it's fine for it to be animated. That's probably for the best. But you need to show the actual attacks happening cut out most of your filler episodes, get this down to a nice tight, uh, 10 to 13 episodes. Yeah. 15 at most. Yeah. And for for the love of God, just write the characters properly. This, this reeks of having had no, uh, effort put into it really. And I feel bad because sometimes I completely rewrite all sections of a film. Yeah. Uh, there's not a complete section i would rewrite i would start from a different place to be honest because i would have it that you know i would have that ensemble element to it split the team up do a bit of a game of thrones thing you know sometimes you get you watch an episode of game of thrones and it'd be like okay so this is what's happening in westeros now we're over here in essos with daenerys targaryen yeah build it like that um and for me personally i would rely less on standard anime tropes although you, you might lose your entire audience if you do that. That would be a risk. Yeah, it might end up a bit like Shenmue. That doesn't have anime tropes, yeah. but you found it quite dull to watch. Yeah. Could I mean, there's nothing saying you couldn't do it as a live-action show. Um, if it was me, I'd probably do an anime movie. Yeah. Because I don't think there's enough story structure in Power Stone's story to yeah. withstand a whole series. Channing Tatum as Edward Falcon. No, I said an anime movie. No, no, I'm just saying. Not, Not... I'm I'm just coming up with. Um, All right, if you do it in a live action, who would you cast as Rouge? So she, she, I guess she's got to be Middle Eastern, hasn't she? Because she's not. Oh yeah, good point. She, th- this thing with cartoons, she doesn't look it, but she clearly is. Yeah, yeah. And this is where I look really embarrassing because I'm not just great like with handsome. Middle Eastern actresses. <laughs> so I'm just going to say, P- I'm going to say Priyanka Chopra because I know that name and she's a very beautiful woman. Fair enough, but. She's Indian and also I think like fifty years old at this point, right? So um, not quite what you would ha- ha- like the character you would hire as as for now. Uh, for Rouge, only because Rouge is meant to be younger. Priyanka Pire- really? Chopra is a very beautiful lady. She was in the Baywatch film with oh, okay. <laughs> with zach afron and The <laughs> Rock. um No, no animations better. You're right, animations better. I think yeah, anime movie for me. So, worst lines. I think we've got three potential options here. Um, we have... You're experiencing a galaxy of hurt, and that is your weakness. Yeah, that's terrible. I think we need to go with... I'm going to discover the secret of the Power Stones, or Bob's your uncle. Yeah, that's got to go in there. Uh, and is there any more? Was there one, or I may... Because I was half asleep, I may have imagined this. When he heals Valgus with the power of love. Mm-hmm. Is there not there a bit where someone's like, "Oh, look, he's fixing valgus with the power of love"? No, I or, don't think they say oh, that. He's no. healing his childhood trauma. No, they don't. Unfortunately, that would be like it's too on the nose. Yeah, but yeah, I don't go- think they say that. I'd probably go for your galaxy one then. Yeah. So the galaxy of her and Bob's your uncle are our worst lines. Jamie, would you recommend this show? No. No, anything in about you, it that's salvageable. You'd, you'd have to be the hardest of hardcore Power Stone fans to get anything out, and you've, you'd have already seen it if you were that. Yeah, yep. no, it's boring. It's bland. I'm falling asleep talking about it. Yeah, and that's literal. That's not metaphorical. No, I, he's 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 drew, he's drew. I'm coughing me guts up, and he's falling asleep. Nearly fell off my seat a couple of times. No, it's a terrible, terrible series, as far as I'm concerned. Um, mostly because I don't like generic animes anyway. So for me, if you like generic animes, you might get a little bit more out of it, but you, you, if you have liked generic animes, you'll have seen it a million times before in other animes. So even then, nothing to it. Um, no, no recommend from either of us. Cool. But play Power Stone. Uh, Jamie, did you want to plug Haunted before we go? uh you can listen to haunted the audio drama every sunday at 6 p m on spotify apple itunes acast and a bunch of other a bunch of other uh pod- podcast apps uh if you can't find it anywhere pop me a message on twitter at the Impala films And I'll be happy to provide you with the RSS feed. Uh, We're about to finish our first storyline as of recording today. Uh, So by the time you hear this, we will be partway through our second story arc. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you very much for joining us, guys. Uh, Next week's episode is going to be Doom. Uh, It's going to be our last one of season two. We're going to take a month's hiatus throughout May. And then we'll be back in June for season three. We're going to change up our... um, our, our style a little bit for season three we're gonna change to fortnightly and we're only gonna do um movies the reason being that a lot of production work in terms of film between me and jamie has started to come up you can hear we're a bit ill so we need time to recover and then we need to hit production really hard so um yeah keep an eye out for that stuff as well i uh, hope you still follow us and enjoy the content that we produce um but yeah there will be a change for season three uh but please keep a listen up for doom next week i hope you enjoy it catch you next week. Bye. Over, yeah! Thing is we're both ill but we've done tests neither of us have got covid apparently according to the tests we've got we've got something else. Anyway, I don't often get chances like this while Rory's gone so while Rory is gone he has confessed to me that he likes to watch Sonic the Hedgehog porn on DeviantArt loves to jerk it to Amy Rose and Cream the Rabbit which quite frankly is disturbing because she's underage and a rabbit but yes so that is a secret confession from Rory finally I get him back for all the ones he did for me (laughs)